What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. The Vikings make a move on Marcus Davenport, and maybe they won't on Kirk Cousins. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, where we are always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag, everydayers. I appreciate you all so very much. I love you all so very much. You make this show go. Love you. If you're new here, hello and welcome. My name is Luke. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, whether it is anywhere where you listen to audio podcasts like the Sirius XM app. Also search out any team and you can find Hometown Broadcasts wherever you are in the world on the Sirius XM app. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for 20 bucks off of your first purchase. Today's Twitter Tuesday, so I am answering your questions. We will get to them later. Uh, because we have some news items we have to talk about that's going to take priority. So that means I'm not going to get to all your questions. I apologize for that. Uh, but we've got some things to talk about. So in the Monday morning quarterback by Albert Breer over at Sports Illustrated, he, uh, sort of chimed in on a lot of different things going on around the league, in particular, the Viking situation with Kirk Cousins. And I actually think that there is some new information here, uh, I say I think because who knows what was real and what wasn't when it was said at, you know, a Radio Row Super Bowl interview or whatever, but at the very least confirming what we could kind of sense. Um, So in Albert Breer's column, he wrote that it's been made clear that they're not going to go contractually where the previous regime did twice and give Cousins a fully guaranteed deal. Now, we kind of already knew this, depending on how much faith you were willing to put into a couple of, I think, minor leaps in logic. Um, Ben Gessling reported uh, last year that the Vikings were not going to fully guarantee 2025. And so if you were willing to assume that that remained true, that 2025, they were not going to fully guarantee Cousins a a contract, he'd be, what, 38 that year? Um, If you sort of still believed that to be true, you kind of could have already pieced this together. But there you have it. There's Albert Breer, somebody who who has a reputation at stake if the stuff that he says ends up to be false, straight up saying they're not going to fully guarantee a contract. I, I think a lot of people need to hear that because I, I hear a lot, there are a lot of people that will message me or comment on, on my tweets or on videos saying, wow, they're going to give them 90 mil fully guaranteed, all that stuff. No, they're not. They're not going to give them a fully guaranteed deal. There you go. If Kirk Cousins stays... It's on functionally a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal, but the second year isn't fully guaranteed, which means it's cuttable and tradable and all that stuff. Uh, If Cousins stays, it's for one more season. And maybe he doesn't take that because that's just not not really how he rolls. And honestly, I think that 
if I'm Kirk Cousins or I'm his agent, I feel like somebody out there might give him two years. So I would probably prefer the market if I were him over one year with the Vikings just because it's like where you've been. Um, Because you got to remember, too, he's only been with these coaches for two years. It's not like he's been with the same group of people for the entire six years that he's been here. Um, So I don't know. That kind of feels to me like another pretty big notch in the column of, you know, evidence that the Vikings and cousins are about to part ways, but we will learn a lot in the coming weeks because the NFL combine is coming up and that's when everybody gets drunk and gossips at hotel bars. Let me tell you the stuff you hear when the combine is active, I think is the most likely to be like not a smokescreen. But it depends. Like the stuff that is put out there on purpose and put on TV, that might be a little bit curated. But it's the stuff that you hear because it leaked because someone got like wasted in the hotel, you know? Like that's the stuff that's real. Uh, but really what happens at the Combine is agents talk to GMs. Everybody's in the same thing, right? Technically that's tampering, but nobody cares. Um, and you start, everybody starts to get a feel and a sense for where everybody else is at. And sometimes that stuff leaks. So we're going to find out soon. But I think it's important to to note it's been made clear that they're not going to give him a fully guaranteed deal. That is just like writing speak for they told him. Everybody's been told and everybody knows he ain't getting a fully guaranteed deal. That is off the table. And everybody's just deciding if they want to do like a one year extension thing or not. That's what that situation sounds like to me. The other thing we got to talk about is um, Marcus Davenport. So. On Monday, Marcus Davenport's contract was scheduled to void out, which means he would become a free agent. A whole bunch of void money would accelerate. It would be a $6.8 million dead cap hit on the Vikings, which is everything that they didn't pay him last year, right? So he had that $13 million deal, and they split it up more or less in half, so they would have to pay the back half. That's basically where we're at. Um, The Vikings renegotiated over the weekend. It came out later. Uh, I think Kevin Seifert was the first on this. It came out later that uh, they renegotiated that deadline. They did not sign him to a new deal, but they said, let's push the deadline to the beginning of the league year, which is like the latest it can be because then his contract actually is just over and the void years would all accelerate in the exact same way. So still very much a chance that we end up with that same dead cap hit, which was kind of the plan originally. Uh, But if you want to sign him to a one year prove it deal, now you've got an extra month to negotiate that. So they've got a little extra time on their hands now, which is helpful as they sift through this Kirk Cousins thing, which it's also been very made very clear by all the media uh, that Kirk Cousins gets solved first and then everything else will follow, which makes a lot of sense. That's kind of the biggest one. And you got to figure out all the other puzzle pieces around that, um, you know, that big contract thing. That's probably that's the biggest cap impact decision that the Vikings have in front of them. All right. So those are the two major news items. Uh, There are a couple other ones that we will actually get to in the form of some questions here. Uh, But we'll start. If you want to send me questions, by the way, you can always do so at uh, the Lockdown Vikings podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. You can also fill up the Google form in the show notes, or you can always just send them to me on Twitter. If you DM them to me, I can't guarantee that I won't forget about them by Monday. So <laughs> by Monday night when I record these. Uh, so either way for me to pull out a call to questions or just do it in the Google form, because I will uh, save all those and not even check them until I'm actually recording. So I won't miss it. Um, All right, first one comes from Peter Larson, who says, if the Vikings are going to trade up for a QB, do you see them doing it like the 49ers did in 2021, where they traded up before the draft, or do you see it happening on draft night? Um, 
So here's the thing about it. In 2021, it was very clear by the time the 49ers traded up, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it was it was very abundantly obvious that Trevor Lawrence was going first overall. I, like more obvious than Caleb Williams is by a lot. Everybody says Caleb Williams, but there are people out there who go, oh, I don't know, I kind of like Drake May better or whoever, right? Like there's definitely at least a shadow of a doubt that makes it so like if you're trading up really high, you don't necessarily want to bank your plan on being able to pencil in Caleb Williams at number one, right? You you need to be able to consider the outcome where he doesn't go number one because the Bears decided to, you know, take an edge rusher or something. Um, so I, you, there's that, uh, you know, the world where they stick with fields and they do something else, right? Like that's definitely possible. Um, so there's, there's that issue with it, but I think it's just not necessary. Like the 49ers, I think could get a slightly better deal because they could negotiate it over more time, uh, to, to move up with the dolphins and they could definitely beat everybody else to the punch, right? Like they weren't going to get leapfrogged by somebody. So that's the advantage, right? Like if you do this in the middle of, of whenever, like if you do this, this move in the middle of March, Atlanta's probably not leapfrogging you, right? Like you could probably sneak it past them. Uh, if you do this while Arizona or whoever is on the clock, yeah, that's a little bit more difficult. The disadvantage is you don't get to see how the board falls. So if you are, for example, I would say the popular take is that Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels are the three big quarterbacks, and then the other three are sort of the next tier down, and you trade up to four before the draft, you run the risk of, of QBs going one, two, three, and you are now left either hideously overdrafting J.J. McCarthy or scrambling and trying to like move back down or go back on it, and then you just look like an idiot, right? So you run that risk. Uh, that's the calculus, I guess. Getting pondered, oh boy, asks, let's say the Vikings make an offer to trade up. Does that team typically call Atlanta at number eight and give them a chance to beat it? Is that considered dirty? Does it just can come down to time remaining? So it's definitely not considered dirty. No, that's just the game. Uh, but that team would, would want to call Atlanta for sure, because what if Atlanta is willing to... So let's say the Vikings offer uh, three first-round picks, you know, their, their first-rounder this year and then in the next two years to move up. Wouldn't that team want to call Atlanta and see if Atlanta wants to give them that? And then they could still get an extra, you know, three first round picks, but then they go back, you know, three less spots. Yeah, that's something that they would want to do. But yeah, it it is very much a factor of time remaining. If they got 30 seconds on the clock, they probably just slam it. And the hope is that you can outbid it. That Atlanta goes, I'm not doing three first round picks to move up four or five spots in the draft. And then you get to do it. Uh, so, but no, it's definitely not considered dirty. Uh, that's, I mean, the game is the game, man. Get good. Drew asks, seeing as the bears have the number one overall pick again from another team they traded with, what's stopping them from continually trading the number one to five picks so that teams could potentially be bad the next year. Well, you'd need to, you'd need the number one overall pick to bust again. So you'd need Caleb Williams to be a mess again, which honestly, if the bears are passing on Caleb Williams and sticking with Justin Fields so that they could trade down, they are kind of betting on that, right? Like in a way that like they're saying, yeah, I, we don't think Caleb Williams is good. We don't want him. You can have him. And we think you're going to be bad enough to give us a better draft pick next year. Like you're just kind of going all in on that decision would be a bold take. Uh, you guys have some bold takes and I'm going to respond to them coming up on the Locked on Vikings podcast. Thank you so much to Game Time, sponsor of today's episode. Game Time is a lovely app to find last-minute seats and flash deals. They have zone deals where you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for big-time savings to 
any event, whether it is a concert, a uh, basketball game, a hockey game. Maybe you could have been at that crazy wild game uh, that they had on on Monday. All kinds of different things. And you can pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same row and section for less, Game Time will credit you not just the difference, 110% of the difference. So it behooves you to even go look around a little bit. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWN for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day today. When you're done here, go check out the 24-7 streaming channel on Locked On Minnesota Sports. All things Minnesota sports all day long. All the biggest stories and uh, discussion topics that you are looking for. For not only the Vikings, but the Wolves, Twins, Wild, all of it, Gophers, Lynx, whatever, you name it, on all on Locked On Minnesota Sports. Just check out their YouTube page and find a live stream. Let's move on with this Twitter Tuesday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. The next one comes from Landon Renly, who asks, how do teams plan around the salary cap not knowing the number until right before the postseason? Do they have a better way, uh, or you, you mean right before the offseason? Do they have a better way of predicting it if it goes up or down than the fan? So the answer is they are projecting it and they're doing they're making their best guess. But the answer is flexibility. And, and I think this is something that goes a little bit um, unrecognized, especially as we do hindsight bias. When something happens, right, and you get a player at a certain price or whatever, and you go, man, why did they make that decision? Especially if that decision didn't work out. And the, and the answer is, you know, why did they restructure that contract? Well, it kept their options open, right? And they only chose one of those options because ultimately, you know, at the end of the day that you only need one of them, but you needed access to all of them. Uh, so keeping your options open and keeping flexible is there. They work in like a margin of error, right? Uh, I mean, it's the same. Anybody who works in finance will, will tell you, yeah, we've got a projection for where this is going to be, where that's going to be, you know, where our portfolio is going to be. And depending on how far off we are, we'll adjust accordingly, you know, when we we get to know that. But they do get to make like all of their decisions for the coming off season, knowing the exact salary cap. So you just kind of have to be ready to be flexible in the moment. Uh, Wolves back asks, why does J.J. McCarthy fit the Vikings scheme so well? So, you know, I'm not sure he's the best scheme fit for the Vikings that everybody says. I think he's a draft order fit for the Vikings. The Vikings are picking 11th, and he is likely to be the fourth quarterback off the board. I don't know. That kind of works out, right? Um, But I don't know if I see him as a scheme. Because here's the deal. J.J. McCarthy has a rough deep ball. I actually wrote about it at length at the wide left sub stack, if you want to go check that out, if you're a wide left subscriber. But it's rough. And Kevin O'Connell loves to throw it deep. So, like, he loves the aggression, right? Um, so immediately it's a little bit weird. Now, JJ McCarthy has experience with play action, both from under center and shotgun. That's huge for a McVay offense. So that's part of the scheme fit and he can throw on the run, which can help, uh, on those rollouts as well. So he, he can do that part, but also the timing based stuff that Kevin O'Connell does. McCarthy's just a touch slow. It's not enough for me to like scare me off of him as, as a prospect, but it would be an issue. And something that I think would be exacerbated in Kevin O'Connell's scheme versus something that um, requires a little bit less uh, super like precise t- 
timing. That's a little bit based more on other factors of the past game. So I, I don't know if I agree with what everybody's saying there. I think they're just they're just slotting it in by draft order, which is fair, but don't call it a scheme fit. Let's scold Brandon. I'm never going to get sick of that name. I love that name so much. Says, uh, if you think if you don't think Bo Nix is, is that good and his wide receivers were terrible, what made the Oregon offense so dynamic? Was the scheme really that great? So probably run game is part of it, which I did not watch very closely, but I got to think that I know that running back is like, and, and they've got a couple of linemen that are like road graders that are supposed to get drafted. Um, so there's that, but also Pac-12 defense is the answer to this especially that USC game. Um, there are some people in that, that, that USC secondary that uh, like keep me awake at night. <laughs> there are some things that happen in the back end there. Um, th- there are some guys that can be, you know, playmakers after the catch and, and, you know, make like what somebody said, like future litigation attorneys miss tackles. Uh, but I like to look for good habits and I saw a lot of really bad habits all over that Oregon offense. It was a total mess, and it's just that the defenses they were across from were bigger messes. Uh, R.I.P. Pac-12, we will not miss ye. <laughs> Ryan says, what are your opinions on signing Baker Mayfield? Would you be against it? Um, so the, the world where they sign Baker Mayfield is one where they let Kirk go, and then they bring in Baker as a bridge and hopefully still draft somebody. Seems fine to me, as long as you don't break the bank too hard. Uh, I li- I've always liked Baker, I think, more than the average person. I liked him a lot coming out, and I think I'm still clinging to that a little bit. But um, I also, I mean, he so he voided out and I ostensibly became a free agent, I believe, right? So he is he actually can negotiate with teams now. Forget the tampering period and everything. He is as, as, as if he got cut week eight, he can go talk to, to teams. So... I mean, you could you could call him, right? You could see what that's up, what, what's up with that. And that actually kind of helps. Tannehill is the same way. Uh, that actually kind of helps you with Kirk Cousins because you can call his agent and see what the contract is. So you know exactly what you're negotiating against, right? Now, whether or not you're interested in that, you can at least get a sense for the market. So that actually helps the, the team deal with that situation. Um, but like, sure, yeah. Assuming that they still draft a rookie, him as the bridge, that's fine. Him as just the anointed starter for three years, I'd, I'd feel a little bit underwhelmed <laughs> to, to be nice. Dan says, first, what are your thoughts on the relative success probability of starting a rookie quarterback? Patrick Mahomes did not start right away. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love famously sat for years before beginning their starting careers. This is a big, long question. I, I'm not going to read it all, Dan, but I got you. I, I understand what you're getting at here. Um, so my philosophy on this has always been it, it, it is very much dependent on the guy. I think there are some guys, and and the thing about the guy that I'm looking for is do you have a bad habit that would metastasize when if you go out and you're not ready to like operate the offense, right? If you go out and you get overwhelmed, what's your crutch? What is your OF thing that you go and rely on, right? You look talk about Caleb Williams. He is going to go run around. Drake May is the same way, right? They're going to run around and turn this into schoolyard scramble. Well, I don't want them to look at that and further rely on it as a crutch. If I'm taking those two guys, those two guys in particular, I want them to rely a little bit more on rescuing the pocket and not breaking it. That's something that's important to me. It's a trait that I value a lot, maybe more than other people, and it might explain my difference from other people on quarterbacks. Um, And if if we just throw those guys out there and they aren't familiar with the playbook and we say you'll learn on the fly, but we want you to get live reps because of the experience, then they're just going to start running around and they're not going to learn anything. So the question really is, will this be a valuable educational experience for you? 
to go out there, right? Because we go, you know, you're rookie quarterback and we don't really care if we, if, if we don't win a lot of games this season. This is this is a Debbie year and we get it, right? We, we, we eat that. But it has to be a good educational experience. Otherwise, you end up where the Bears are, where they're three years into a rookie deal, supposed to have the superstar QB on the rookie contract. They couldn't top seven wins and now they're moving on because they got the first overall pick in, in that trade. Um, that's, that's a very inefficient use of resources. And part of that is because they failed developmentally and, you know, Matt Nagy got fired over this, so they already took their lumps on it. But yeah, that's my philosophy is it, it, it will always be, um, about will this actually develop you or will it just encourage you to lean further into your bad habits? Facebook trained historian says, I think that pocket presence and sack avoidings process Processing, accuracy, and throwing with anticipation are the most important things in QBing. What would be a good way to chart how well a QB throws with anticipation? Um, learn how to see anticipation with your own eyes. So I, I don't think that you can like use tracking data for this necessarily because you'll just end up with too many like false positives and false negatives if you do something like proximity from the player or something like that. I think there's big datable projects that are trying to teach like an AI to see like a quarterback and see like holes and lanes and if things are going to um, going to open up. Like if you give an AI prior knowledge of what a route is, can they predict what what route's going to be open? Um, you know, if you give them prior knowledge of the offense but not the defense and that kind of thing, there's some cool projects going on there. So if you can train an AI to do that, then then maybe there's like a potential for that in like a super futuristic way. But to me, I think there is nothing better than learning and then applying it. Um, but you have to learn before you chart, right? Qualify before you quantify. You have to learn how to qualify a rep and say that was anticipation and and be really comfortable with figuring that out. And then you chart it. And then you just write down, was that good or not? bad anticipation, right? You can even use like a PFF grading scale from, from plus two to minus two if you want to put, you know, numbers on it and then you can do math with that. Um, boy, I have so many more questions and I just did not get to enough of them at all, but that's all right. All right, we'll, we'll get to as many as we can. All right, so we'll keep going. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And it's America's number one sports book for a reason. Not only are they chock full of all kinds of cool features like a prop bets builder, same game parlays and all of the classic spreads and over unders and, you know, three point bucket props that you are used to from America's number one sports book. But right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on sign up there. If you haven't signed up already, lay down any $5 bet can even be a money line on a heavy favorite with super, super short odds, but you will get $150 back in bonus bets. That's 30 to one on a short odds bet. If you can finagle a win out of it, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, let's see if I can't get through all these questions on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Skullchester says, what, when can we expect to hear your evaluations of defensive tackles and edge rushers? Also, if we didn't draft QB at 11, what would you priori prioritize edge or defensive tackle? So first, first part first, uh, I talked a little bit about Chop Robinson in an episode last week. It was buried in a, in, in a show about, I think it was in the Nightmare QB scenario one. Uh, from last week, if you didn't listen to that one, it's the third segment there. I kind of buried it because I was just I just wanted to talk about Chop, so I made some time for it. Um, I love Chop, by the way. Uh, in terms of more, I am so excited to talk about it for like six weeks straight. 
Um, soon is what I will say. Uh, basically, the way I'm doing this is I, I wanted to get through the QBs before something happened with Kirk Cousins. I'm down to the last one. I've, I've watched Bo Nix. I've kind of got my take on Bo Nix. I did my episode on Bo Nix, but I still need to do a Patreon video and an article about him. And once I'm done with that, I'm going to put quarterbacks away for a while and focus entirely on defensive line. Uh, it, I, I, they could still draft a corner or a linebacker or something like that. Like all still very possible, but I personally am going to focus entirely on D line and you're going to hear a lot about it. So get hyped for that. Um, to the second part, what would you prioritize edge or defensive tackle? I would remain wholly agnostic to this question. Like I would fully reject this question and order these players as though they were positionless. Um, who do I want on my team? Who impacts my team more? And I think by asking the question that way, positional value gets folded in a little bit, but it doesn't, but it, but it sort of insulates you from situations like, you know, taking, um, Leonard Floyd over Aaron Donald. Like you don't want to do that, you know, um, which that's what the bears did. Assuming, you know, you were actually correct that about Aaron Donald pre-draft, which not everybody was, he was not a perfectly clean eval coming out. Um, that's why he went 14th and not first overall, like he should have. But assuming you're right about Aaron Donald, you don't want to be like, yeah, but I'm going to go positional value. And then you end up with a worse, with a way worse player and missing out on a huge opportunity. So I feel like I'm going to approach the process in a way that makes me not have to worry about that question. And hopefully that those values, what impact does this guy have on the game? Well, yeah, positional value is sort of naturally part of that question. So hopefully it'll be folded into my process. Trenches for days, love it, says, realistically, we don't actually have a defensive line. What would it take to get our D-line to the levels of the Chiefs and 49ers, and how long do you think it would take? Um, so you could get it in one offseason if you hit on everybody. It kind of depends on how much you expect there, right? If you wanted, you could draft a, a D, an edge rusher in the first. You could pick up two D-tackles D in free agency, re-sign Daniil Hunter, and have a pretty good D-line. You got to hit on that draft pick. You need to get two good D tackles in free agency. And by the way, if you're picking a D lineman in the first, you probably have to pay a quarterback too. Um, so you're going to have to figure out how to put all that together. And there's a lot of ifs and ways for that to go wrong. A lot of potential like opportunities for that to fail. Um, I would say after two to three years, you've had enough opportunities to acquire a defensive line where you should be expected to have one. But that doesn't always happen. I mean, the Vikings have been pretty bad at cornerback for like four years now, ever since Rhodes and Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander left. They had Patrick Peterson in there for a little bit. And then like you know, Cam and Cam Dantzler falling apart. They had the Jeff Gladney Holton Hill thing right after uh, those guys all left last year. They papered over their corners schematically, like very famously. We covered it at length. Um, and those corners played great in the role they were asked to do. But if they were asked to play true real corner, it would have been a disaster. It's been four years, so you can't guarantee it. How it? I mean, it depends on how good your 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 picks are. It takes as long as it takes to hit on one. I guess that could be right away if you're good. Scene season says, "Why do you think there's so much hate for Lewis Scene in the Vikings community?" I still respect this bit so much. Uh, I understand him not playing and looking bad right now, but even the mention of him being anything gets clapped back that you would make him that would make you think it's Jalen Rager. I mean, this is just the way that that it goes, right? When you have a first round draft pick that a everybody's really, really, really mad about the trade down. You go look at the comments when, uh, on my pre, my post draft 
episode of Locked On Vikings, go look at the YouTube comments. It's something about like we won the trade or something like that. Ever there's like 200 comments and they're all just like livid that the Vikings traded down with a division rival. So you're already like primed to be bad. And then you miss on the pick. You don't really care that the Lions also missed on theirs. Um there's uh yeah, that's going to get you some animosity. But between you and me, you don't like people can think what they want, right? Who cares? We we don't need to control the narrative around Lewis scene. That's not our job. Our job is is to enjoy football, right? Or or if we want to be serious, like try to be like serious football watchers and be right about it all. Our job is to see past that noise, right? And say, okay, what can Lewis scene be? Yeah, man. I mean, the third year leap, that's not an unheard of thing. It could happen. He got hurt. He had this like schematic stuff. Let's see if he stays in the same scheme for a second year. Let's see what happens. Right. He get he will get every opportunity in the world. I'll put it that way. He is not out of opportunities. We have a lot of evidence that he isn't going to seize those opportunities. It's not very common to see the third year leap. It's not impossible, but it's not something we see with all of the bad players after their first two years. Um, and he'll have an opportunity to prove that. So let's go, kid. Show, show us what you got. Sportsguy709 says, a lot of people seem angry about the Viking, at the Vikings about things that haven't happened yet with the JJ contract. What are some other under-the-radar topics? I could get mad at the Vikings, which also haven't happened yet. Uh, you can get mad at them for not extending Christian Derrissaw, which will he will become eligible for soon. Um, you can be mad about that for like two years probably where he'll be eligible, but they haven't, they will have not done that yet. Cause it's usually will happen after the fourth year. JJ is a special case. Derrissaw will probably go a little more standard. So you can be mad about that. Yeah, it is crazy though. This is my advice to you, my free, free therapeutic advice to you as fans. If it hasn't happened yet, you don't have to be mad ahead of time. A lot of people think they have to like come to grips to, with things before they happen so that it like doesn't hurt as much when they happen. It still hurts. It does. Trust me. It's still going to hurt you. You're not going to protect yourself by predicting it. Uh, you just, it, 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 you get, if Justin Jefferson leaves Minnesota without a contract, either by trade uh, or, or by, you know, walking in free agency after being tagged twice, which will happen, you know, that, that'll be 2027 by then. If it really, really, really goes belly up, they still get all that team control. But if he walks after that and it's this whole disaster, you get to be really mad at Quasey but we've got a lot of paces to run through before that happens. So yeah, being mad ahead of time to me is a waste of energy and it's a waste of enjoyment. Don't do that to yourself, especially if you feel like it actually makes you anxious, which a lot of people have said to me that it does. Skull to the bowl says one thing that has been mentioned is both specialists had not so great years this past year. Joseph hasn't even, hasn't been top tier ever and Wright had a better rookie year. Do you expect to change there? Um, look, I'm always for bringing in specialist competition, bring in a punter, see what happens in camp. That's fine. Wright is under contract though. And Greg Joseph is not. So they would have to actively bring Greg Joseph. Back. They'd have to like choose to bring him back. It's not status quo. So I kind of see them going with a different kicker and maybe, maybe competition for the punter, but not necessarily the punter. But I will say Greg Joseph has been like a bottom five kicker in terms of like field goal percentage and stuff. He has been poor for three years in a row and they just seem to keep hanging with him. Jake Bieber says in response to AJ McCarron asking for his release to join the Battlehawks, I have a UFL related question. 
Is it possible for an NFL team to partner with a UFL team and use them as a minor league team? Um, not specifically. So the, I, I don't know how it works with the merger, but I know like the XFL had a specific arrangement with the NFL to make sure that like they were never going to poach anybody that was under an NFL contract, right? They were never, if you were under contract with the NFL, you may not play in the UFL. So that, that it's not like a minor league team that would already work differently. You would send your practice squad guys out to the, to the UFL teams and have them play there. That's not how it works right now, as far as I know, at least. Um, and then afterwards, the XFL and I believe the USFL, when they were separate, would like actually facilitate scouting and they would like share tape and share information with NFL teams to try to encourage NFL teams to pick up their players because they wanted that. They wanted, you know, they... The XFL and the USFL and now the UFL, they want St. Louis Battlehawks player, you know, they want Donald Parham's from the uh, like fr from the Chargers, the tight end, like or like Taylor Heineke's, right? Like they want players like that that go through that spring league thing and then revive their careers as part of the story of those leagues. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Love how weird Twitter Tuesdays get. I will be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about some D-line. Maybe we'll just do it tomorrow. Who knows? Whatever I'm feeling. Uh, I'll talk to you all for that. And as always, Skull.